The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It's Wednesday, March 1st, 2023, season 18, episode number 118. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Got Nick and Amber here today. Brian's actually covering baseball today, uh, so he's out in Surprise, Arizona, doing a little baseball <laughs> coverage. But uh, we're going to hold it down today talk a little bit about the uh, the, the NFL uh, scouting combine. We've got uh, news coming out of there yesterday. We'll talk a little bit about what Stephen Jones had to say on a myriad of topics. We'll also get to our uh, series that we've been running through, biggest question Cowboys have at each position. Today we'll talk about the offensive line. We might get a little farther than that, but judging by how things have been going, Typically, two positions is about as much as, as we can get into a show. So let's start first uh, with Stephen Jones and his comments yesterday from the scouting combine in Indianapolis. Uh, when asked about the franchise tag, uh, here was his quote, more than likely we'll use our tag, not necessarily on Tony, but we'll use our tag. That being said, we talked a little bit about the salary. I mean, I'm sorry, with the uh, franchise tag last week. Just to remember, remind everyone, Dalton Schultz would count about $13 million if they were to tag him again. Tony Pollard would count about $10.1 million. Donovan Wilson could be an option at 14, almost $14.5 million. Leighton Van Der Esch, I don't think, but at least for the sake of this conversation, would count about $21 million if you were to tag him. My question for you guys is, did you get anything out of that statement on whether this means that, even though he said doesn't necessarily mean Tony, that if they're definitely going to use it, it's going to be Tony, or did you get some other indication on maybe the player you think it would be? Yeah. Um, I love Steven, but I mean he's not gonna. He's too smart to be saying anything that that of you know that that you're like, oh, I'm gonna read into this. I think they're gonna use it on Tony Pollard. I think that's the only franchise tag option that's really in play. Now, you could say that about Schultz. They drafted Ferguson, and they have Hendershot, and they look like they're promising enough, uh, you know, players that you wouldn't want to pay 13 million for Schultz, who is is a good player. I don't think he's a great player. I think he's a good player, and I think any tight end that can get open would catch 60 to 70 passes from Dak because that's where Dak's going to throw it. So, I, I Tony Pollard at 10.1 million coming off an injury that to me seems like the best one. Yeah, I don't think there's any other player that just seems like it would make sense for them to be tagged by the Cowboys. What's interesting, why would it be a big deal to not want to say, like, if, if they're, because if, he did say they are planning on using the tag, why would it be a big deal to say we're thinking of using it for Pollard? Well, only if they're trying to negotiate a long term right. deal. And that's the part that, that and he can't talk he, – he won't necessarily talk about. Because, you think they would do a long-term deal? Well, I mean, okay, long-term, two to three two years. years. But yeah. Th- yeah. the tricky part about a franchise tag is, is the minute that you put it on there, 
He's a 10.1 million player. That's what he is. And mm-hmm. so that's where it starts. And so if you're like, well, we're going to tag you or we can get this deal done. Well, they're like, well, the deal's got to be 10 million a year because that's what you're going to tag us. Yeah. So if they don't really say it like that, they're, they're trying to maybe, let's say, three year 24, like an eight a year, you know, which gives them more guarantees, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it, I think agents always play that game of if you tag me at all, that's where the floor is, and yeah. then we'll go up from there. So I don't think the Cowboys want to do that. Maybe okay, that's why. I guess that makes sense when yeah. you look at it that yeah. way. Would it be smart to do like even a two or three year deal with Pollard? What do you smart for who? Smart for the Cowboys or for Pollard? See, for the Cowboys. Well, that's the thing. That's what makes this kind of tricky for even Pollard. Pollard's got to look at it too and say, okay, I got hurt. What if I get hurt again? What if I play on the franchise tag and I get hurt like that again? Mm-hmm. Now I'm a with an increased load, by the way, in- probably increased load. Yeah. Let's say he missed some time. Let's say he doesn't have the best year. Now what happens to him? What what is his value at five? He's a five year player going into a sixth year. He's had a couple of injuries, maybe declining. He's got to say, all right, if the money is there for a three year deal that I can make twenty million guaranteed over three years, that might be better than the ten this year. So yeah. it's it's a. It's a tough one for running backs, you know, and I could see both sides wanting to say, all right, do I bet on myself or do I take the money? Yeah, that's a, and on the Cowboys side, I, I, you know, we talked about it last week. I would be afraid if I were an NFL franchise of committing long term money um, to a second, second contract running back. Uh, and that's not about Tony. That's not about Zeke. That's not about anybody in particular. That's just in general. The replacement value for running backs as we all have seen and have talked mm-hmm. about, is relatively low. You can get really, really good quality at the running back position with not a lot of draft capital and not a lot of money. So if you're talking about roster building overall and how much money you have to save against the cap and knowing you got to spend big deals coming up on CD and Trayvon and Micah, this may be an area where you could save a little money and still get good quality production. And so from the Cowboys' standpoint, I think they have to give some real consideration to are we willing to do a long-term deal with Tony Pollard? No matter how, what we think of him, we might think he's a really good back and he might last all that time. It's more just a, value, a matter of what can I get for what I pay, and you might be able to get better, as good a value for less money. Yeah, and, and I, I'm just never one that, that always says, well, you can draft a back. Well, I mean, yes, you can. You can draft a back, and every year there will be running backs drafted, and some of them will come from the fourth or fifth or sixth round, and they'll be productive. Some of them won't. And so I, I, I think it, sometimes I just think it's a little naive for people, the draft experts. I mean, Brian says it a lot of times too, and he's not wrong in that you will be able to find a running back that's in the middle rounds or whatever. But I, I think we, we should just not discount the fact that here is a, here is a very quick, fast, player who's still tough he's tough for his size he doesn't fumble he knows how to make big plays so there's value there that of worth you know signing him and 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 I think you can do both I think you can draft the guy that's getting left out here obviously is Zeke no I think that's all fair the one thing I will say though is I will trust this uh, scouting department to find me a running back what they've done from the standpoint of the draft and really in some respects with regards to free agents I trust them enough when draft day comes that they'll get me a back that will be a good back. I, I just trust that they that's, will because their because their track record shows that they're good on draft day. That's why the franchise tag makes sense because, like I said the other day, right? Every time Tony Pollard has started a game, they average about forty points. It doesn't happen a lot, but it's a small enough sample size to say 
maybe he is maybe he could really take over i mean when he got some chances to, to start he they had he had huge days yeah so maybe you should do that with him that's we, good protection we're find that's out great for insurance one year yeah. and then draft the guy that's exactly right that's exactly and then right. we'll do a thank you graphic for for zeke when when he moves on or when they honestly, I I just don't know what to think of that. I mean, you heard the the comments. I, I still think it's very noncommittal at this point, one way or the other, from Stephen. But but what are your thoughts on what's going to happen with Zeke? Well, I wanted to ask you, Derek, because you you've been very pro draft a guy. You know, you you talk about the running back cycle and how easy quote unquote it is to replace replace a guy in that position. Would you see a scenario? I well. I wouldn't see it happening, but would you see a scenario where they just move on from both Zeke and Pollard? I mean, it's a little riskier, but I would look at it and say, I'll put it to you like this. If the Cowboys feel like, and we're going to get to this in just a second because Steven has some comments about taking a running back in the first round. If the Cowboys feel like one of those two top running backs is going to be available to them in the first round, then I would be a little bit less worried about not having either one. Because as you talked about last week, Nick, either one of those first two running backs, if you plug them in next year, I think you got a really good running game. I mean, it's going to be about your offensive line. It won't be about the running back position if you plug either either one of those two guys in. Now, if you don't think based upon kind of how you how you look at the draft and I know they do they do these mock drafts, you know, internally to kind of figure out where they think guys are going to be. If they don't think those two running backs will be there. They think they'll both be gone before they get to that point. Now I do think that going to Nick's point, it might be a safer option for you to say, hey, at the very least, we want to do a one-year franchise tag with Tony Pollard uh, because we do want to at least have somebody for a year in order to make sure we've got an option. Um, but but outside of that, I, I wouldn't. I would not be at all worried if they thought they could draft one of those two running backs. And they, they didn't have either one of the running backs they currently have. I really sure. wish draft and free agency dates were flipped. <laughs> that nice. draft would come first would and nice. then free agency. And then you go from there and figure out <laughs> what that, kind of big money wouldn't that to also, pay. Wouldn't that also bring you the opposite problem? Like, I know right now a lot of teams try to kind of fill in gaps with free agency and then they get to draft and kind of know that they can kind of draft a lot of different things. It would be the flip, right? You would basically be trying to fill in gaps maybe with with the draft, and then you would kind of go into free agency. I think it would still present the same kind of challenges, right? I guess you... you <laughs> no. I no? think it's different I, I mean, because of the yeah, amount of money yeah, yeah, and the yeah, contract, would, the amount of money you're spending on players. It would always, it would always be a different kind of challenge. Yeah. I mean, it's just funny. I was, I was... As she was saying that, I was literally thinking... What if they were flipped? You know, like like I was thinking the same thing, like timing. But yeah, there always would be yeah. something else that you'd have to deal with. You know, I mean, because then you know it'd be like, all right, well, you know, who who do we, you know, I mean, it a hundred percent would would be issues. But I, I like this this situation the way it is. I mean, it forces their hand to to do something, and also it would be a little bit more creative for agents if it was the other way around too. It's like mm-hmm. now. You drafted somebody, so now I know you know we're gonna hold this out, or you didn't draft anyone, and yeah, you know, so so yeah, it would it would be fun, but I mean, in this (laughs) in this particular case, I I definitely think um, it helps, you know, it helps the Cowboys to say, all right, we're gonna we're gonna do this with running back, and we don't know at twenty six, you just don't know who's gonna fall. I I think if Bijan Robinson is as good as everyone says he is, I just don't understand why he would fall that far. I mean, running backs, right. 
running backs still get drafted in the first round. Yeah, but that's special. what we're seeing over the years is that I think they just don't they don't tend to go as early as like I, I'll put it to you like this. Most everything I've read, Brian's even talked about it. Most everything I've read is if you don't look at the position, Bijan Robinson is from a talent standpoint a top five player in this draft. He's not going to sniff top five. He won't probably sniff top ten. But that's also the point is because, yeah, he, he's a really good running back. But when you think about just your overall team's ability to be successful, you don't need that kind of running back in order to do it. There are some positions that you do, obviously quarterback, positions like cornerback, mm-hmm. left tackle. Those are positions where having that guy makes much more of a difference than having the running back. You can get a, you know, look at the two teams that were in the Super Bowl this year. Neither one had a what you would call a premier running back. Um, and so th- there is a way to be able to be successful with lesser running backs. Yeah. And I think that's really more the key than, than is the guy worth it, like in the case of Tony Pollard. He's worth it. Mm-hmm. It's just do you necessarily need to do that in order to be successful? Yeah. Well, Great question. If you, if What's he, the right formula if he, here? If he's the first round, you think he's first round talent, B. John Robinson? Yes. Okay. Not even a question. Perfect. If I'm drafting at 26 and I have a chance to get first round talent, then I'm Sign in. Me up. I'm in, and, and I'm in for other positions too, you know. But but I mean, anytime you can get a first round grade at that point in the draft, that's and that's what they did last year. I mean, even though, and, and I wish people would go back and revisit that because everyone just kind of erases, you know, these these draft gurus or fans of the draft or whatever. They think the Cowboys, you know, aren't going to do this or that, and they forget how much they just crapped on Tyler Smith's pick. They hated that pick. They thought it was a reach. This guy was, you know, and guess what? He had 13 holding penalties last year. 13 penalties, not holding. 13 penalties. Mm -hmm. He had 12 at Tulsa, and everyone was like, oh, my God, this guy's got – yeah, well, he had 13. Got a problem with that? I'm good. I'm good, too. He played left guard, (laughs) left tackle, left guard, and sometimes in the middle of a game, sometimes in the middle of a practice, went back and forth. Tyron Smith, I mean, ended up moving to right tackle because Tyler was playing so well. Okay. Flozell Adams had a false start every game, you know, for one year, and he made the Pro Bowl. I mean, he was pretty good. So, yeah. I mean, the Cowboys. Like this, when, when you have a hard time trying to find a picture of a guy that was drafted in the first round for whatever articles we're posting, mm-hmm. you're like scratching your head. I'm yeah. like, okay, well, that's who a good is indication that the media is probably going to have a problem with the yeah. pick, right? Yeah. yeah, who is this guy that has no pictures? <laughs> oh, and you know what's funny about that? I have a story in 2005. I remember going into your office yeah. after the draft, after they, they took Demarcus Ware, mm-hmm. who I was also in charge of finding photos. I couldn't really find a lot yeah. of photos of this guy from Troy State, you know, and he's rushing the passer or whatever. The guy that I wanted them to draft was Derek Johnson out of Texas yeah. because every photo that I was searching for this linebacker, he had the ball in his hands. <laughs> had the ball. Like, as a linebacker. As a yeah. linebacker. And I was like, I want this guy. Yeah, yeah. And and he was a good player. He was a really good player but he was in the not, NFL. Yeah. He's, he his, did not turn out to be a Hall of His fan. jacket is, is blue. Yeah. Or burnt orange or whatever, whatever. he wears. Yeah. Yeah. It's not gold. He probably got a burnt orange jacket, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. He probably does. Yeah. Now, he ended up – He was a long, long He had great. some injuries at first, and then I felt like he ended up Oh, you know, he had a good – NFL career, yeah. a really good NFL career. He just wasn't DeMarcus yeah. Ware. You know? But I, I just I just think that we should remember, you know, how the Cowboys are drafted, especially offensive linemen. They, they've done really well in the first round. We also rem- should remember in free agency that Dan Quinn knows what he's doing, especially with players that you don't think are that great. 
No one thought Jaron Curse was going to be who he is. No one thought Donovan Wilson was going to have the year. He, he's got visions for players, so he's going to sign some guy that played three years for the Jets, and you think, eh. and I'm just throwing that out there. I have no idea what player. I'm just some player that you think, oh, this guy's not very good. And we'll see what he does in, in this system. Let's take our first break. When we come back, I want to talk about what Stephen Jones had to say about Tyron Smith and the prospects of him being back with the team next year. We'll talk about that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back to the break. The most action-packed motorsports experience in the world returns to Arlington this Saturday. Head to AT&T Stadium on March the 4th for Monster Jam. Tickets are on sale now at SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium. Welcome back. Second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment is brought to you by Blockchain.com. Let's talk about Tyron Smith. Yesterday, uh, Stephen Jones was asked about Tyron Smith. He was asked about the prospect of him coming back. And also whether the team was comfortable with his contract situation, his answer was yes. What do you think Tyron's role would be if he's back with this team, as Steven indicated yesterday? Uh, I think he's a starter at left tackle. Mm. And I think Tyler Smith is your left guard, unless something 
changes, like unless they draft someone that's better at guard or, you know, unless Tyron's not one of your best five. But I think he, I think that, that they would bring him back. Um, you know, again, this is one of those where Steven said it, but that doesn't mean that they wouldn't try to rework something. I mean, he's, right. he, he also said something else in there about the competition committee and how they talk about linemen, and they say you can never have enough linemen. You can't. You just can't. And look, go look at if you want to. If you're bored and you want to watch that last the XFL, year. go watch the XFL if you want to. And just see how many linemen are there. I mean, it's terrible. It's the same as the fourth quarter of a preseason game. Nobody can block. Nobody can. It just it, there's just no backup linemen. There's just not. And that's that's what that's what the issue is. And so even you get a guy like Isaac, you know, you're going to Isaac keep, Alarcon. Isaac Alarcon. Mm-hmm. I can't say it right, but uh, um, you're going to keep developing him, even though he is very very raw. He's big. He's strong. Smart. And he's going. You just develop him because you don't want to let go of any of, of linemen like that. I say all that to say I just don't know if they're just going to let Tyron Smith walk out the door. His salary is not that crazy. And what's the amount that he's counting next year? Do you know? Yeah, it's like uh, seventeen million on the cap. Excuse oh. me, mm-hmm. that's not that crazy. That's a lot of money, right? Yeah, but that's your left tackle. He's your he's your left tackle. And if he's replaced, he's replaced by a guy that makes one. So I mean. You're stealing with your left tackle of Tyler Smith and then Terrence Steele, who you can just get him on a restricted deal, uh, a one-year deal. So, I mean— Right, but I mean, that all makes sense. So just, so just look at the room. No, just I, I get that, room. but I guess the way I'm looking at it is if you're looking at the team, mm-hmm. that's still $17 million that that you don't necessarily have to spend— because you have a left tackle that you have at left guard. You'd right? say five. I mean, that, that, it's, let's okay, get that's down what to I need it. To know. You'd say five if you got, got him. So you save five if you cut him. Or I think you, you could save million. more if you did it after June one. But again, to that point, and then get and then get who? Yeah, and then right. somebody gets banged up. Tyler, Aaron Steele gets hurt again, and now you're sitting. You know. So if you're thinking about it from that standpoint, let's say you're just looking at the room, and that's why I asked the question of what his role is. If you wanted to continue to develop Tyler Smith as your left tackle, is there any scenario under which you would have Tyron Smith be your swing tackle? I don't know. You said Tyler? Tyler. Oh, no, Tyron. 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 Um, uh, I think we just swing into retirement if that happens. I, I just don't You think it. he'll swing into retirement or yeah, you think the Cowboys I, will swing I, him into no, retirement? No, I, I just don't think that's what he's going to do. But I don't, I don't know. I've had four conversations. This is a, by the way, yeah. By, by, he's not a man of many words. Spot Track has him the 23rd ranked uh, salary in the league with left tackles. Not bad. It's pretty good. Because either way, I, you know, every year I wonder, at what point is it enough? At what point is it like your time is up? And I'm not talking about necessarily from the Cowboys' uh, view, but also from him as a player. Like, I get it. He's, he's a big, strong guy. He's a machine. He's someone that we always talk about it. Like, it's insane the fact that he still, when he is on the field, the way he plays and he looks, aside from all the injuries. But at what point is it that your body's like, okay, that's enough injuries. You can only take so many. So it does make me wonder. And and he's been out here working. He's been working out. And, and you know, I, I just, I don't know where he stands mentally and where he is as far as like how long he sees himself kind of keep playing but going back to like what you think 
his role would be. You talk about the amount of different guys that you plug in. And we saw that with the Cowboys this last year with how many times they flipped and moved guys around. But I think we would all agree that ideally you want to keep your five in the same spot as often as possible. But I, I don't know how long you can count on him. And I, I think I would rather start off the season with – no, I just – it's hard to sideline a guy like Tyron Smith. But I, I just – I don't know what his real role is. You don't know if he's going to get injured at training camp. You don't know at what point he's going to pull something and get hurt. He ended up playing how many games last year? Um, like five. Yeah. Five or, you know. I mean, based on, based on his injury history, how, how comfortable do you guys feel with having him be a week one starter? Um. <sighs> If he does, it means he'll be rusty because he didn't have any work in training camp. Because if he gets work in training camp, he'll probably get banged up. So, so to answer your question, I'm not. That but then your concerned. backup is getting reps right. and getting ready just in case. Here's, here's what I worry about with Tyler Smith. I worry about Tyler Smith being Tyrone Crawford, and I say that as a guy mm. that could play end, he could play tackle. Let's do them at both. Let's play. You know, he never knows exactly where where to put it, his weight at during the off season because he could get moved at any time to end. So he's a, now he's going to play tackle, but then he gets moved out to end, and oh, he doesn't get any sacks. Well, he doesn't have the burst because you had him at. 300 pounds at tackle. Or he's just not working at that position, that, getting yeah. better so at either, those things. Either way. Yeah, and I so Kyle you. Wilber was another guy like that. They always moved him around and all that. Tyler, But he has a lot more talent. A lot I think, more talent, and guys. he's yeah. smart to, yeah. to, to, to do it all. I just wonder, yeah, okay, he could be your tackle unless he has to play guard, if he plays, plays guard, and then he could move back to tackle or whatever. But are you, are you leaving a pro bowler on the table by just saying – this right. is your spot. You could be a pro bowler if you just, you know, hone in on that. As opposed to being a really good player. As opposed player to being a good player, it kind of bounces yeah. back a little bit. That's that's the dilemma. That's why position flex sounds great when you're drafting, but it also can be a curse of a player if they if they just lean on your position flex all the time and never develop you as a as a full-time starter at that spot. Yeah, that's one of the things that Steven Jones pointed out the fact that he's young and versatile yeah for is that how you say versatile yeah. um and it, it it just made me wonder i'm like gosh i i would hope that second year he has a spot a specific spot where you're not moving him around just because of what was mentioned you you develop and get better and better at that position and it also makes me wonder what's the best for the quarterback and the running game if you keep moving guys around a whole, you know, too much, I would assume, yeah, I based on what we saw as far as like the struggles at times with the running game, where it just wasn't as consistent or as good as you wanted it to be. So that's where I'm, I go back to. Okay, I want to make sure I pin down all my starters at the right spot and go with that as long as possible where I can now improve my running game with whoever the running back is. Yeah, I just changed my mind in the whole in this conversation. I, I think probably if I had to if I had to think about what they're going to do and what they probably should do, I think they move on. Now that now that I, I think about cuz I don't I don't trust that he'll stay healthy all the time and and it's like Zeke in the sense of you can lower the salary to make it work. But the guy has done so much for you. He is a Dallas Cowboy. He's one of your your cornerstone players. Or he has should been. be in the Ring of Honor yeah. at some point in yes. his life. Yeah, and so they can they can offer Zeke a deal. It's just like they can offer Tyron a deal. But they don't want to do that. 
Yeah. Then I want to offer it what will really make sense for them. And five million isn't a ton to save, but you gotta have to sign Terrence Steele. Terrence Steele is a guy that is, you know, they want to, they want, he's gonna get a big contract. They really like him, and and he's gonna be, a, he's gonna be one of their guys for a while. So every everything counts. You probably need another left guard. You do need a left guard. I mean, you gotta figure that out with Connor McGovern. I mean, maybe McGovern comes back too. I don't, I don't know about that one. But I'm just saying, you know, Tyron came back, but it, the problems didn't just get fixed, even with him on the right side. They weren't as good as they were with Tyron yeah. Steele. Based on what you've seen from uh, Tyron Smith's career so far, is he a Hall of Famer? <sighs> yeah, I think so. Because was he any different than Joe Thomas? Joe Thomas you know, only played eight years. And he was Cleveland, and I think they look for ways to get Cleveland in the Hall of Fame, just like they look for him to get in the Hall of Fame game. <laughs> when they get one that that might fit, it's Did like you see that got announced? Yeah, Cleveland versus the Jets. Yeah, I saw that. Because yeah. I mean, I was thinking the Cowboys could play the Jets, or they play Cleveland. I don't yeah. remember who told me this. Someone told me this that probably not going to happen that the Cowboys would get in because they'll they'll definitely get in when Witten goes in, but that's still a few years away. He's still three years away. Yeah. So we'll see, but he's man, Cowboy, uh, Jets and, and uh, Browns, Browns for that one um, for the Hall of Fame game. So three pre- know, that's a hard. Sorry, finish. I'm just saying three preseason games for the Cowboys. Yeah. They, they will not get the fourth game. You like, like that? that? I like that. Is a tough trip, man. <laughs> it is. From Oxnard it is. to to to, Cle- to Cleveland, not to Cleveland. Like, to yeah, Canton. you're actually going to Canton. Yeah, which I is always hard. say that always makes me feel like a bad person. Yeah, because it's not my favorite trip in the world. And you're always sitting around somebody, some young person that works with us that's never been. They're like, we're going to the Hall of Fame. And you're like, "It's yeah, I've been like five times. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> and, and, and then, you know, it makes you feel like, oh, okay, Scrooge. Right. You're yeah. going to the Hall of Fame. Sorry. You know, and, you're, and but 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 then it's just, it's a tough, you go to Cleveland, then you bus over to the game, then you go to the game, then you fly out at like Akron or Toledo, whatever. We fly all the way to LAX. And then you you take the bus from there to Oxnard. You get in at five in the morning. Plus it you change time trip. zones and all that stuff. <laughs> it's a hard Good trip. luck on that Sunday. <laughs> you know, it is a hard yeah, trip, man. But it's you don't want to dis- discredit, like, if you've never been to the Hall of Fame. Right. Even if you've only and been by the once, way, I would pretty awesome. I would have liked to be able to be there when DeMarcus goes in just because, you know, I yeah. kind of root for him. So that would have been nice, but that trip is a hard, it's a hard, hard trip, trip for us. So, and and yeah. it's it's tough for the for the team, too. Yeah. You know, it's another yeah. game that you have to play. You start camp earlier, mm-hmm. which, you know, coaches probably like that part of it because sure. you do get to have more practices and you yeah. start. But you still, you you know. Yeah, but it's definitely one of those. And I don't want to sound ungrateful Mm -hmm. at all because it's great anytime you get to be a part of anything like that. But I think once you've been to it once, you're like, okay, it was cool. All right. Um, right. I don't think next time is going to be as different as it was (laughs) this time. So you're kind of good with one. Yeah. But um, back to Tyron Smith, I was going to say that for me, that's hard to answer because I feel most of the he's been out most of the time that I've been covering the team. I feel like mm-hmm. as, with injuries, you ask about a guy like Zach Martin, a thousand percent, absolutely. But then you look at Tyron Smith. I'm like, okay, how can I really judge a, a guy that's been hurt so much? And that's not nothing against him. He just hasn't been in as many games. And I feel like in my time here, I've been talking more about his injuries 
than him on the field. Mm. And that's not to say that when he's been on the field and there are I forget that year that we played against Atlanta, how bad it was. And God, they were just abusing Dak. And you definitely noticed what a difference maker he's been in past year for the Cowboys. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. It seems like sometimes some of these requirements for Hall of Famers is kind of uh, tricky. Yeah, that, to I'll, out. I'll tell you this for a lot of years, maybe it was before you got here. I could have sworn it was some years after you were here. But anyway, I, I, he was as steady just from a standpoint of always there. Really? And certainly from the standpoint of production was just a phenomenal player. And I just, to me, it's all going to be a matter of how the, how the people that vote for the Hall of Fame view him from, your, from what you just talked about, from the, the latter part of his career where he was injured a lot versus the earlier part of his career where he was there and he was very dominant. And people didn't get around him. I don't care who you were. I don't care who the, the the defensive end that was trying to go against. Like nobody got around him. He didn't give up sacks. Like he was that good. And uh, and that guy, I, I think from that standpoint, he probably should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, eight Pro Bowls is a lot. It is. It, um, and, and one thing that that is it comes up a lot in the in the discussion seems to be the uh, All Decade team, um, which you know if you if you. Get into your career from 2015 to 2025. Yeah, you may not make either one of them. He, he but I think he probably would make the All Decade team. Where well, I guess it's already been out. I, mean, I was about to say, did what, he make did, it? Was I mean, he in the All Decade? I don't know. I didn't really look. But 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19. You I would mean, think he should have been in the I mean, Joe Thomas team. Yeah. No, Joe, Joe Thomas is, is eligible now, so that means he must have stopped in like 18 or so. Yeah. So he could be one. I think Tyron. I think he was the best. I think, I think he's probably an all-decade player, and I think he, you could say he's the best, at, uh, you know, one of the best tackles of his era. So yeah, I think so. And to answer your question about when, you know, at 2015 he played every game, 2016 he missed three, 16, 17, and 18 he missed three games each every year, and then 19 uh, he also missed three. So he was missing three games a year uh, until 2020 is when he got hurt and he was out the whole year. 2021 he missed five games. I mean, yeah. What's crazy is like when you said and in three, oh, thirteen, wait, yeah, he missed like thirteen. 14, 12, so his last 12. three years, he's missed a lot more than any other, and yeah. so it's going that direction. But you know, he was about three a year. But even though back then you say three now, now it sounds like oh no, that many. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. At the time, it it felt like a whole well, lot. Also back then. If Tyron Smith missed the game, you're, you're probably going to lose. Yeah. Him and Sean Lee, if they were out, oh, <laughs> everything's everything's Go going home. downhill. You're not going to win that game. So I think that's part of it, too. But that also yeah. may speak to how valuable Tyron was this team, right? Yeah. Yeah, that 2020 season that he – I just remember he was hurt in week one, didn't play. Then week two, he, he just kind of fought through it, and they played really, really well. And then the next week he went on IR for the year you know with neck injury or surgery or whatever and it's just kind of like you know he was hurting in that game he played but he played and he was and he locked it down i mean that's the thing he just doesn't he doesn't when he's out there he doesn't suck he doesn't i mean he could be hurt he could be he could be wasn't a great game when he played that playoff game at right tackle i don't think i think that was probably one of the games where i've seen in his career one of the very very few games where i was just like he was very average that game in my opinion yeah Speaking of, of her, I know we have to go to break, but yeah. can I kind of take it back to running back for a quick second after 
we come back from break to ask a sure. question. Sure. Yeah, l- let's do that. And you know what we'll do? We'll just we'll do that, and then we'll see if we get into these mm-hmm. our series. We might put off the series. Well, let's see. We'll we'll come back in just a second to DallasCowboys.com radio. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field: United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savanna. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. This sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the break. Registration is now open for 2023 Dallas Cowboys Youth Football and Cheer Camps presented by Invisalign. Use promo code SPRINGBREAK23 for $25 off camp on March 14th and 15th. Take advantage of early bird pricing when you sign up for summer camp by May the 12th. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash camps. Welcome back. Final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Ambry, right before the break, you had a question. What's your question? Yeah, okay. You got a problem, Nick? No, I'm just... I'm You're just, a little aggressive with the paper over there. I want to make shots. <laughs> unlike um, Well, I don't want to exhaust the running back conversation, but as we were talking about... And you missed. Okay. <laughs> Um, as we were talking about Tyron Smith and the injuries and all of that and the time being out, it just kind of led me back to thinking how valuable those types of players are, the type of players that can play through injuries. And it made me think of Ezekiel Elliott. 
how tough that guy is and how often and people tend to not realize this and you want to say every player in the nfl is dealing with something something but seek has been one of those guys that it takes a lot to get him off the field and he's a very team player you know he he's been great with the whole adding tony pollard into the mix and and just being a team player but when you look at, at these past few years and you realize, uh, just talking behind the scenes and all that, how often he's been dealing with something. He He's still out there producing whatever it is uh, amount or whatever, but the fact that he's still out there doing things. And we know, and I'm not, not, I'm not going to name any names, but we know, we all know, there are those types of players that as soon as, like, you pull a little something, you're like, oh, you know, and, and you kind of, I'm not saying exaggerated, but you know, those type of players that are not like fighting, fighting, fighting and wanting to be out there on the field. So it is, I I see so much value in a guy like him and the amount of times that he fights and wants to be out there. And you need those type of players that despite what you're dealing with are going to be out there. So much similar to despite Tyron Smith injury history, when he is dealing with something, I mean, it takes a lot for him also to be pulled off the field and he's still out there finishing games or whatever. So, again, I wanted to rehash all of that, but those are a lot of things that I'm positive the front office is taking into consideration. And when Stephen Jones mentions we look at things that are not stats and numbers, we look at a lot more things that are aside of what's looked at or seen in paper. Do you think that's enough for them to at least con- consider keeping Zeke this, this coming year, knowing that he is, like like you said, he's very reliable from the standpoint of health. And even when he's not healthy, he's still there and he's still playing. Um, do you think that's enough for them to say that that should be factored in as to wh- when we make a decision on whether we're going to keep him around or not? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it could be factored in. I just don't see a scenario that, Zeke can be the number three running back. So if you're going, if you're not going to keep Pollard, right. if you're going to let him go in free agency, and and then you draft the guy for sure, and then you draft the one, and you have Zeke, okay, I can I can live with that. But I I just, but even at that, what's he going to make? I mean, would you rather put him down to seven eight million a year, or just keep Pollard for ten? I mean, I I think I'd rather have Pollard. You know, I just don't see a scenario where Zeke can be your third running back. How much longer, if you had to guess, how much longer would his career be if he wasn't with the Dallas Cowboys? If he was to part ways and goes to another team, Mm -hmm. he could play a few more years, I would guess. Because that's the thing. Maybe three. Like there will be there will be teams out there that are like, you know, yeah, we could take a Zeke Elliott. We could work a role for him. I mean, we see it happen with running backs all the time. You get a Le'Veon Bell who's really great, and then he goes somewhere else, and he just kind of meanders a little bit. You know, you see it. You saw it with Todd Gurley. Like these really good running backs, they can go somewhere else, and they can play for a few more years, where a team can kind of just get a little. And and the expectation is different. As long as he's here, he's going to be Zeke. Mm -hmm. You know, when he goes somewhere else then their expectations are a little less because they know they're getting him at a, at a stage in his career where he's not Zeke that you drafted, you know, So yeah. in 2016. Yeah. So, so I, yeah, I think he'd go another three years, yeah. let's say. And he's got he's such a good short yardage back. He's yeah. a goal line back, and we saw it this year. I mean, it, it might be the last year of his career 
with the Cowboys, but he had 12 touchdowns, you know, and he, and he had another guy that was making the Pro Bowl that we were sharing uh, the load with, but he still was productive, and he can be productive for another team, especially for everything you just said on, you know he's going to give you everything he's got, he's going to be out there, he's going to be, you know, he's going to get his body ready enough to play, and, you know, he sacrifices his body. Plus, he's a really, really good pass protection uh, running back, so... Yeah. He's got some traits, like Stephen was saying, got traits that don't necessarily, you know, you know, always work out on the stat sheet. Yeah, you put him with a, a run-heavy team. You put him with a team that maybe plays in cold weather, and and I think they could find a really good role for him uh, for another few years. And by the way, that could be here with Dallas. Dallas could look at it and say, "Hey, we have a role for you, Zeke." We're going to cut the salary. He may be okay with that. Maybe he's not, but maybe they find a role that they say, you know, we think we're going to have, uh, we're going to go a little younger at running back. We want a little more juice, um, but we still want you to be here. We want you to be a kind of our short yardage, goal line type back. I still think there's value uh, in him, but it just can't be at the price that he's been accustomed to, to being paid. And you kind of have to tear up that, that thought process of, well, as Zeke, we don't really want to give him a price that insults him. It might not insult him. He may look at it and say, I know exactly where I am in my career, and I'm good with staying here, continuing to live in Dallas, be a part of the community I've built here, and I'll take less money to do that role. Who knows? Uh, but at least that's something I think should be considered if the Cowboys are willing to yeah. consider it. Yeah. I guess we'll see. We'll we, find out soon enough. We definitely will see. There's a lot that has to play out uh, over the next couple of weeks. But make sure you check out the, the website, the mobile app. Uh, this week we'll be covering the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. we got uh, three of our reporters down there covering uh, covering what's going on down there. So there'll be lots of content coming out of there. I'm sure Jerry will be talking sometime this week. Mike McCarthy is actually coming up today at 1 o'clock. Um, I think actually it's going to be 12 o'clock here. But we're going to stream it live on the website and the mobile app. So if you want the opportunity to be able to check that out. Make sure you check that out. Uh, until next week, for Nick Keatman and Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!